And as I worship build a throne And as we worship build a throne And as we worship build a throne Come Lord Jesus and take your place One more time and as we worship the throne, and as we worship the throne, and as we worship the throne, come Lord Jesus and take your Father, we ask you this afternoon, take your rightful place in our midst, Lord God. Father, I am just an instrument, an unworthy instrument in your hands. All that I ask this afternoon, let nothing be of my own, but only from above. Let me hear from above and give unto your children. And I pray in the name of Jesus that they will hear from you. We give you glory and honor and praise, Father. Holy Spirit, take control. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Please be seated. Technicians, can I have these monitors down, please? They are echoing too much. One day, a young boy went to his father and he says, Dad, I'm old enough and I'm ready to get married. I want you to teach me the secrets of a happy married life. And the father said, say I'm sorry. He says, Dad, I came to you asking you to teach me what are the secrets of a happy married life. Say I'm sorry. He says, what's wrong with you? Did you get up on the right side of the bed? All that I asked you, tell me the secrets. Say sorry. He says, Dad, this is too much. I can't take this anymore. Everything I'm asking you, saying sorry, you're saying sorry from the pulpit. You say, if you have uh, counseling, come to the leaders. I came to you and you say, say sorry, say sorry. I'd rather go to Pastor Abraham or Pastor Leslie or Pastor Francis. I'm not coming to you. I just asked you one question. Tell me the secret of a happy married life. Say sorry. He says, I can't take it anymore. I am sorry. Finish. You're ready for marriage now. The secret to a happy married life is the most simplest word, the most simplest word, but yet so difficult to be spoken from a woman or from a man or from a child or from anybody to just say that word, I'm sorry. And that one word said in the right time, in the right place, in the right situation can mend a broken marriage. Amen? I'm going to continue on the topic of what I started in September, my home, heaven or hell. I'm doing part two today, and I've titled it, Husbands, Love Your Wife. Husbands, Love Your Wife. And I'm not going to teach you how to fly an aircraft or a rocket because many years ago, maybe you're married 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, 30 years, you took off. You took off on that jet plane and you are flying. But somewhere down the line, you have put your aircraft onto autopilot and you have thrown away the manual. And now your plane is in autopilot and it's facing turbulence. And the reason is you do not know how to face the storm or you do not know how to land your plane is going on a disaster route. Remember that, uh, what was that, the satellite that the Indian uh, satellite station sent? Perfect, but no landing. There are many, many families. Perfect start, but somewhere down that line, the manual was thrown away. And when they began that journey, that manual was the baseline, the word of God. But somewhere down that line, 
The word of God is no more. They are running on their own steam. They are running on their own intellect. They are running on whatever surrounding. And the manual is nowhere to be found. In order for you to have a safe landing, you need the manual. And that is the word of God that will carry you through good times, through bad times, through storms, and through any circumstances. I'm taking my message still that I spoke in September from Titus chapter 2, verses 1, uh, verse 1, verse 2, and verse 6. That's the uh, scripture that I've chosen, and it says in Titus 2, verses 1, 2, and 6, you must teach what is good, accord, uh, good in accord with sound doctrine, number 1, verse 2, it says, Teach the older men to be temperate, worthy of respect, self-control, and sound in faith, in love, and in endurance. And verse 6, it says, similarly, encourage the young men to be self-controlled. I just want to give a small recap of what I spoke in, in September. The identification mark of, of a church is the apostles' doctrine, number one. Number two is fellowship. Number three is the breaking of bread. Number four is prayer. That's what the apostles started. And the six, I want to show you six basic characteristics of a man. Six basic, there are many, but I would like to show you the six. And that is found in verse two. Yes, my sister, that is temperate, worthy of respect, self-controlled, sound in faith, in love and in endurance. Next slide, my sister. Now, in order to understand this, the first thing that God expects from a man today, the message is only for men. So women, sit beside him, give him a crack if he's not listening, give him a tap on his head if he's not listening, but don't tap someone else's husband. Please. The first thing that God expects from man is for man to know God. That's the first thing that God expects from you. Before you can know anything, God expects the man, the man of the house, to have fellowship with him. And that is by the power of the Holy Spirit through the sacrificial blood of Jesus. By the power of the Holy Spirit, through the sacrificial blood of Jesus, Man is first to have fellowship with God. Many men struggle in this area. They have lack of knowledge of biblical doctrine. They are like sheep that when a shepherd comes here and just waves a branch, some type of doctrine, that man is carried away and he follows this other doctrine because he does not know the word of God what the Word of God has taught him and teaching him. That's the reason in Galatians chapter 3, verse 1, the Bible says, Paul says, Who has bewitched you? Who has bewitched you? It means, who has led you astray? You were going right. You started right. But somewhere down the line, you man of God, somebody has led you astray. The problem is, Many men do not spend time reading the word of God. And that's the reason they fall a prey to any doctrine that comes their way. The second thing that God requires from, for man is for man to know his wife. Do you know before salvation, the best gift to you was your wife? Do you know that? See, all of you staring at me. Look at your wife and say, you are the best gift from God to me. Brother, please. Wives, I give you permission, slap him if he doesn't tell you that. Give it to him. One more time. Tell your wife, not another man's wife, you are the best gift given to me by God. I'm watching you. Praise God. You see the laughter in that woman's voice? She just loved you because it's such a long time you have ever said that to her. And suddenly she's looking at you, I know you're lying. 
you have never said that to me just because this man from the pulpit asked you, you're saying it. My brothers and sisters, that gift that was given to you was given as a companion to walk with, to talk with, to work with, to fellowship with. The most beautiful thing, I'd like to go to heaven and give Jesus and God a kiss to say, the best gift, you have given me a wonderful woman to walk with. Amen? My question this afternoon, do you really know your wife? Do you really know her? That's the gift God has given you. Every gift that God gives us, we open. Correct? Christmas is coming. But God has given you your wife. Have you opened every compartment and seen what is that beautiful gift that he is giving me? My next question is, do you love her just as in the day you married her? Everybody at the back, can you hear me? Sarvanan, can you hear me? Love you. Do you love that woman right now as in the first day you stood before God and man and says, I will love you for better or for worst? Ask yourself that question. My next question is, do you still respect her? Do you still respect her after all these years the same way that you respected her at the halter? And this is not just for the men who are married. The ones who are going to get married. Hold on to this. My next one. Do you care for her the way you care for your own body? Do you still care for that woman? Or she's become some trash for you? That now you've finished 10, 20, 30 years. She's just a piece that you have pushed away. Do you care for her? I want you to hold your wife's hand for one more time and say, I will love you and I will care for you all the days of my life. Please do that with, with all your heart. Take it, mean it, mean it. That woman or you are going to be taken away one day from you. I'm not putting a curse. I'm telling you truth. We are come to our days. One will have to go someday. Tell it now, not at a funeral. Don't tell it at the funeral, I, will, I, I wish I was with you. Tell her that I will love you and I will care for you as long as I have breath. We are making a commitment before God and before the angels and before God's children. Do you know something? That woman who was beside you was not collected from the garbage. He didn't pick her up from the trash. When he thought of you or when he thought of her, he put you into deep slumber. He put you into sleep and he says, I will put you to sleep and I will bring the greatest gift for your life. Let us go to the Bible and read, uh, let us read Genesis 2.23. That is why a man leaves his father and mother and is united to his wife and they become one flesh. It says, the man said, this is bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, for she was taken out of man. She has your DNA. Amen? That woman has your DNA. Brethren, many husbands, after a few years of marriage, are rude and ruthless to their wife. They quote one scripture to assault her. They quote one scripture to get at her. They quote one scripture to find fault with her. But God says, I have given you hundred scriptures to work out your marriage. You quote one scripture to assault your wife. I will give you thousands of scriptures that you can work out your marriage in peace and in love. My brothers, I want to give about 11 points this afternoon. I pray that God will give me the, the ability to bring forth those things to you as to what does a woman expect from a man. And number one, she wants to see Christ in you. The first thing that a wife wants is she wants to see Christ in your life. And once she sees Christ in your life, she is happy. She desires that you live as an example. She wants to see the man that walked with her to church on Friday morning 
be the same man from Saturday to Thursday, a man who went with the attitude of holiness. She wants to see that same man demonstrate that in the house. That's what a woman is looking for. She wants to see the characteristics of Jesus in you. She wants to see Galatians 5 verse 22 be manifested in your life morning, noon and night. That's what your wife is looking for. You can preach a thousand sermons, but if you cannot live Galatians 5.22, we have failed. The Bible says, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control is supposed to be manifested in your life during the time of turbulence as your flight is on the mood. If every husband possesses these qualities, your home will be heaven on earth. Can I hear an amen? amen? Every woman wants to see her husband lead the family in prayer. It's not the wife who's supposed to tell husband, can we pray, can we pray, can we pray, can we pray, can we go to prayer, the, uh, Thursday can we go for prayer, night vigil can we go for prayer. It's not the duty of that woman. It's your duty to say, come, let's go to the house of God. She is not the one supposed to remind you of every spiritual thing. It's your duty. My second point is, she respects you as number one in her life. Do you want to know how that is? Sometimes when, when sisters come to your house, no, please don't misunderstand me, don't think I'm doing all this. When sisters come to your house or when you go and you're waiting, just listen to them what they talk. You'll see each one talking about their husbands. Yes. You know he did this, you know he did that, you know he went there. That woman's not interested to listen, but you brag about your husband. It means you love your husband. There's nothing else, because if you have a car, you will brag about the car. You got your husband, so you'll talk about your husband. She has made the greatest sacrifice when she married you. She left the most beloved thing of her life. If it's a girl, it's her daddy. You know, girls love their daddies more than their mummies, and the mummies love the sons more than the, and the daughters. It's true. She has left a daddy for you. She has left a mama for you. She has left a brother and a sister for you. And do you know something else? If she didn't have a brother or sister, she might be having a dog known as Jimmy. <laughs> or a pussycat known as pussycat. She left that for you to come under your umbrella. And when, ah, do you know some women even ran away from their homes to marry you? She has left everything for you. And how you treat her now matters most. And when she comes and when you are rude to her, and when you speak unkind words to her, she feels that you are throwing her into the fire now. The woman has left everything. Immediately her thoughts go back to her father's house and she says, I was so happy there. Don't let your wife crave and delight heaven so soon. Do you know what I mean? Many women are so much lost in their families that they're waiting to go to heaven. Some women are very wise. They don't want to go. They'd be praying when you'll go. Because they say, why I should go? This man is bad to me. I will find somebody else. Lord, answer my prayer. Take him soon. And the moment you become sick, I think he's going. I think he's going. Don't wait for that. Don't wait for your wife to start praying for you to go. Don't make her homesick, my brothers. Do you know the Bible says Elizabeth in Luke chapter 1, we don't have to read it, you can just note it down. Luke chapter 1 verse 7 says Elizabeth was barren. In verse 36, she was called barren. In verse 25, she suffered the reproach of barrenness. But still well stricken in years, one thing Elizabeth learned. She learned to walk with her husband. Walk before him, walk with him. Walk before God faithfully. You know why? She knew that her husband was a godly man and this man feared God. And she, I'm sure she would have said, only if I go to heaven, I will know that. She would have thought in her heart, even though I don't have a child, God has given me a godly husband. I will hold on to him and I will walk with him. He is better than a thousand children for me. 
how few amens. My brothers and sisters, the third point is, she desires to be number one in your life. You are number one in her life, but she desires to be number one in your life. In Genesis, 20, uh, in Genesis 2, verse 24, can you read that, brother, if you have it? That is why a man leaves his father and mother and is united to his wife, and they become one flesh. She cannot tolerate anybody coming between you and her. She is very jealous. She can't tolerate. Brethren, after your marriage, please pay attention, men. After your marriage, your wife is number one. Your mama, your papa, family is number two. Don't reverse the order. If you are to make a major decision in your family, sit with your wife and bring it before the table. Don't go to mama first. I know you're mama's boy. But you need to bring it to your wife. She is taking that place. You cannot be married to your job. If you're sleeping, say, Amen. Thank you. <laughs> I'm talking about you and you are sleeping. May God bless you. Luke chapter 12, verse 15. Then he said to them, Watch out. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist in an abundance of possessions. For man's life does not consist in the abundance of things he has. Do not be a workaholic. Please. Your wife needs you. Your children need you. Money is important, but money should not become your idol. That you spend all your time at work and forget your wife. Brothers, don't travel at the speed of 120. Take time to be her husband. Allow God to remove every unnecessary ambitions from your life. Youth, every youth here who is not married, take time to spend that time with your daddy and your mommy. Take the time to spend that with your family. Because the time is going to come where you are going to leave home. Spend all the time you have with your parents. You will never get that time again because you have to start your own family. And to the married men, I want to say, take time to spend with your family. Your children grow up only once. Once they are 15, they don't need you. They say bye-bye to you. Let them reach 15. They have a different level. They are going on a reverse gear. You are all going forward, they are going behind. They are going in a different gear. And you cannot, you cannot drag them also because they have gone bigger than you. You drag them, they will pull you behind. I am not frightening you. I am not frightening you. Be kind to that woman who is beside you. You know why? Don't get scared. You are going to grow old very soon. Thirty years ago, I thought I was young. I was Sylvester Stalin. I was rocky. Now I look, I don't look anything. I was so frightful to see myself in the mirror now. You are going to grow old soon. And that woman who is beside you is going to walk with you. She is going to talk with you. And she is going to stick all your nonsense when you grow old. So be good to her now. If she has a diary, she is going to write everything about you. And one, one time you do wrong, you did this to me, get one. You will have no strength. Be nice to her. Tell her every time I love you. That will go down and that's the only thing she will remember. So please, number fourth point, she desires to have some space. So I'm going to get a little bit uh, sensitive. Now I'm on fourth gear. By the time I go on eleventh gear, you will be on the floor. But on fourth gear, I'm going to go a little sensitive. Number one, she desires to have space. Do you know something, brothers? If your wife wants to go out, if she wants to go shopping alone, Please allow her to go out with her friends. Do not, do not put a leash. She's not your dog. To put a leash around her and to chain her beside you. If she wants time to spend with her friends, let her go. There are hundred reasons your wife wants to go out alone. You may not even understand one because you are in a different world. Many men do not like to go shopping with their wives. They say, honey... Take only my cash, not credit card. Don't give your credit card to your wife. Give her the cash that she needs. And say, go shopping. Go spend some time. 
Many men are not patient in this area. And that's the reason they become grumpy even before taking her to the shop. They start grumbling there. So the woman wants to have a space. If she says, I want to go on a vacation, honey, go. Have fun. Let her go. All of us want. You know why? We are so scared that we don't want to cook. That's the reason we are keeping that woman at home. Not because we love her. No, no, no. No one is there to cook for you. To wash your underwear. To wash your banyan. To clean your shoes. You want that servant to be at home. And you say, I love you. Don't go. Be here at home. Number one. Number two. Don't be stingy with your wife. I want to show you something from the Bible. Go to Esther chapter 5, verse 3. Look at that. Don't be stingy when your wife asks you for something. Now wives, do not take this as an advantage. Go quote me at home. See what brother Claudie said from Esther chapter 5, verse 3. Please, I will ask pastor to deal with you. Yes brother, read that. Then the king said, what is it, Queen Esther? Ah. What is your request? What is your request? Even ha up to half of the kingdom, it will be given you. You see that? Husband, will you, uh, do you have the strength to tell your wife that half of my kingdom will be yours? Tomorrow morning, gone shopping. <laughs> the Bible says that when he sees his wife. What is it, Esther? It means, what is it, my darling? What do you want? You want even half of my kingdom? It will be yours. We, half of the kingdom, it's already locked in the safe. Where's your will? I don't know. You wrote a will? I don't know. Everything is I don't know. But you all, you have everything hidden. But you, you get, you know, gone, mind is I don't know. Next point. Do not command your wife. You know many men, don't go there. Don't do this. Sit down. Sometimes... Allow them to go. They will make mistakes and they will learn from their mistakes. Let them. It's like a child who wants to walk before, before he can crawl. The child will fall down and the child will learn from the mistakes to hold on to something. Brethren, they had freedom in their father's house. They were like free birds in their father's house. Don't keep them as a prisoner in your home. Do not Treat your wife as a servant. Please. What men do? Before they can go to work, cook the food, wash the clothes, clean the dishes, give the children a bath, prepare them for school, iron my clothes, teach the kids, drive them to school, clean the house, lead in prayers, and on and on. That woman feels what this man is married a servant or what? Help her. Walk with her. She married you thinking that you are the best thing in the world. Walk with her. All these things that I said, say, is there anything that I can do? Let me help you. Many of us in our anger, sensitive point, we tell our wives, shut up. Don't talk. You're talking like a fool. You're so dumb. That's not the characteristics of Jesus to abuse your wife in your anger. I have fallen. I'm not a perfect man. Many times. Give her the freedom to express her speech. I do understand if you allow her to talk, she's going to really talk. But it's your duty in gentleness restorer. You have to give her that freedom to talk. But in gentleness and in love, restore her back. And pray for her. True love can turn any woman from any error. True love. No matter what be her error, it can turn her around. Number five, she never likes to be compared. Philippians 2, verse 3. If you have Philippians 2, verse 3, the Bible says, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourself. I will read NLT. NLT says, Do not be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourself. When was the last time 
sensitive area. When was the last time you told your wife you are beautiful and you are the best that I ever had? Vipin, laughing. I want you to hold your wife's hand, only your wife's hand, okay? Hold your wife's hand. I want you to tell your wife you are the most beautiful thing that I have now. See, pastor's not telling it. I'm watching, I'm watching pastor. My eyes are here, but my, uh, my, my, this corner eyes is here. Married people, if you have your wife beside you, can you stand up, please? All married people who got your, only your wife, not someone else's wife. Okay. Married people, okay, praise God. Married people who got your wife in Friday school or at home, you also stand. Men, men, you have your wife, huh? Whether back at home, in Friday school, if you're married, rise up. Men who don't have your wives, put your right hand on your chest. You're going to make a commitment before God. Okay? Brothers, take your hands, wife's hand in your, with your hand. Hold your wife's hand. I want you to close your eyes for one second. And if you have your wife far away, close your eyes for one second. Father, say, repeat after me. Father, the best gift that you have given to me is my wife. She is the most beautiful thing that you have given unto me. I will treasure her as long as I live. I will walk with her faithfully. I make this covenant before you, Father. In Jesus' name I pray. Please be seated. Thank you. I'm sorry, but I love you. Don't ever tell your wife, do you remember how Sister Eve made the jollof rice? Or Sister Eve made that biryani and that was 10 years ago. I heard a brother tell me that. I still have the taste of Sister, Sister your wife's cooking. I still have the taste. How long? 10 years ago. Hello? Don't tell that to your wife. She will throttle you. Don't. Which, when was the last time? Do you think your wife is not cooking good? Every day she's cooking. She's giving her heart, soul to you by cooking. Tell your wife, darling, that's the best food. Do you know something? Every time you tell your wife that's good food, she will want to make better for you. And when you go home, she says, I'm going to cook noodles for you. I'm going to cook biryani for you. Why? Because you are learning to appreciate what she's doing, even the small things. Amen? You love me? You see? <laughs> Sisters might say they love me, but not brothers. Now, don't ever tell your wife to dress like Sister Eve. Sister Eve lives in the garden without clothes. You don't expect your wife to walk like that because you've seen somebody in the, in the movies walking with top and one bottom and you expect your wife to dress like that and walk like that. Please don't do that. She will whip you if she's a godly woman. Understand one thing. If a man without a wife could learn to be content, how much more we? Philippians chapter 4 verse 11. Look at Philippians chapter 4 verse 11. I am not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content with whatever the circumstances. If you were content before marriage, now you should be content after marriage. Amen? Amen. Remember, keep your eyes only on your wife. I know you have two eyes. You give her one eye, you want to give another eye to somebody else. Keep your eyes only on your wife. Don't even say, Sister, uh, Sister Grace looks very beautiful in the office. Don't say that. Then when you're going to sleep, Grace only will be there. Mercy will not be beside you. You'll only have Grace and you'll sleep. Very important. I wrote very important in my notes. I have to tell this to you. Remember, there was an ultimate choice your wife made when she married you. Do you know what is the sacrifice she made? Your wife made a sacrifice of bearing you a child. And when she made that sacrifice of bearing you a child, she lost something. Do you know that? She lost the way she looks now. Now you, because of your, if you are, I don't want to use wrong words at the pulpit, of your beautiful nature, 
or that you have, you will look at some 16-year-old Hollywood actress who was there with the slimmest body, okay, who's not married, who has, who has been living her life, and you expect this woman that you're married for 30 years or 25 years, who has borne you three children, you expect that woman to resemble this woman who you see in the cinema, and then you say, darling, you've gone so fat, you know that? Darling, you've put on weight, do you know that? Hello? Don't expect your wife to be like somebody else who's not even half her age, not half her size, who has done nothing. And you expect your wife to look like that that, that Eden woman. God forgive us. God forgive us. So, do not compare her to anybody that you do not know. Sixth point. I have to run through. She is overworked and not appreciated. Your wife is overworked and not appreciated. In most homes, women get back pain because of the work they're doing. And most home, men get back pain because they don't do anything. <laughs> Yesterday, I was moving a small furniture. This happened yesterday. It took me two hours to do that. And in five minutes when I moved it, my back was paining. You won't know what I did. I went beside the wall and kept my back like this. And I said, how I pity I'm preparing this message about women. Immediately I wrote this point down. It was not there. Because when I got my backache, then I was wondering how much it must be for that poor woman who does everything, all that list which I gave early for you. That beautiful woman that God gave you does all this without grumbling, without complaining even one time to you. And we take that beautiful woman for granted. For granted. Do you know something? Do not let the sins of the Israelites to fall on you. When God gave them manna, they grumbled and they died in the desert. When you grumble against the woman God gave you, you know the answer. It means you're telling God, you did not give me a good thing. You made a confession at the altar. This is bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. And now you complain about the, then the desert experience will be yours. I don't want to frighten you. Remember, that woman who's sitting beside you, who's back at home, she's weak. She gets tired. At the end of the day, her feet hurts her. Because she's standing in the kitchen doing all the work. Her back pains. Her shoulders ache. Why not you, as a man, go the extra mile? Try it. Try it. While sitting and watching TV, if she's sitting inside of you, or if you're talking on the couch, just take her legs, put it on your lap, and just massage that feet for one second. Do it. That woman is hurting. If you're sitting inside of her and she's sitting there on the couch, just put your hand on her shoulder and just squeeze those shoulders. You, that will mean heaven to her. If she has her hands on your hand and if you're driving, just hold those fingers. You know, just gently just squeeze those fingers. That woman will say, God, you gave me the best man in all my heart. He doesn't speak. But he's showing it in action, Lord, to me, that he loves me. When was the last time you did that? We take that woman for granted. When was the last time you showed little love for that woman? Don't treat her as a doormat. Don't. Don't do that. My brothers and sisters, many women are groaning and crying within praying for the day that the husband will know what they are going through. Let it be today that God will open our eyes to see what our wives are going through in Jesus' name. Do you know one more thing? You have a Friday and a Saturday off. Does your wife have a Friday and Saturday off? No. There's no off. Don't you think she has the right to have that? Even Friday, Saturday, she cooks 
a children can drain that woman that her children can drain her i just went to a, one of our brothers house few days ago i never told it to them i just looked at them and i seen i said god have mercy upon this daughter of yours it's not easy to bring up these children men are very happy i will do the shopping i mean it's not wrong i will do the shopping i will do i will do what about that woman who is looking after your children has to cook has to give them a bath has to dress them up have to clothe them have to do everything and you come and say are they not ready you come and say that god asked man only one thing do you know god has asked you only one thing it's found in proverbs chapter 31 verse 28 there's one thing that god has asked the man and you know what is that it's found in proverbs 31 verse 28 it says whatever she does praise her whatever she does it says her children arise and call her blessed her husband also he praises her tell your wife thank you for everything right now tell your wife that thank you for everything have you told your wife you know who are the most disobedient ones believers don't play with your phone jada joji says it every time he comes to the pulpit and they'll be playing with the phone can you say praise the lord no can you lift your hands no can you tell your wife i love you no and then you expect your wife to love you what you sow you will reap you sow love that's what you, you are not if you sow apples you are not going to get bananas if you sow love into a life you will reap love my brothers it says um in matthew many husbands they say brother my wife nags at me do you know why why a wife nags no wife don't take this as an advantage do you know wife why wife wife nags at her husbands it's scripture go to matthew chapter 5 and you're going to find out why your wife nags at you now those who are not married take this down and don't be a nagging wife look at Matthew chapter 5 verse 37 the bible says let your yes be yes and your no be no you promise her everything and you don't keep to her promise so what she does she nags you because you have not kept your promise you said darling don't worry i'll get this for you and suddenly by accident your wife says where's that brother your wife says i want a diamond necklace and by accident you just want to get out of the situation don't worry i'll buy you a diamond necklace and after that gone brother claudy please tell pastor please tell god please tell because that man has promised and now gone she has asked you for a ring you don't buy her and she knew just like esther she can ask for half of the kingdom and you don't say no that's the reason she keeps nagging you every time so any time if it's a no just tell your wife no sorry darling i love you but not this time next time she will respect you and honor you amen number 7 i have four more points sensitive part very sensitive little bit on reverse gear right now we went on full throttle now reverse gear husbands should work to provide for the physical need of the family every husband the bible says in genesis chapter 3 verses 17 to 19 i'll paraphrase that the man was required to labor despite hardships in order to have food 1 timothy chapter 5 verse 8 If anyone does not provide for his relatives and especially for the immediate family he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever One more scripture Ephesians chapter 5 verses 28 29 You have that my brother In the same way husband ought to love their wives as their own bodies He who loves his wife loves himself After all no one ever ate his own body but they fed and care for their body just as Christ does the church there are certain i give you certain examples where the bible talks about people working outside the home people have worked as shepherds people have worked as carpenters 
People have worked as physicians. People have worked as fishermen. People have worked as merchants. People have worked as farmers. People have worked as sailors. People have worked as preachers. And people have worked as tent makers in the Bible. There are professions in the Bible where it's called men to work. I urge you, you have to find a job to provide for that woman. Now, if you have a job, your first thing is preference is for your family, that is your immediate family, your wife and you. Your parents come secondary. But first you must take care of your house. You cannot let your family starve in order to take care of your brothers and your sisters. The first thing is the immediate family. Then it's the extended family. But if you reverse it, then the immediate family gets hurt. And the extended family enjoys. So we have to be very careful in that. And one more scripture, 2 Thessalonians 3 verse 10 says, For even when we were with you, that this we command you, that if anyone would not work, neither should he eat. My mother quoted this scripture to me, even not knowing the Bible, because she never knew how to read. She quoted this scripture to me every time I came for my holidays. And I dreaded coming for holidays because she said, go and work. You work, you have food. And I used to work for 300 paisa a day. My mother taught me this lesson. You don't work, there is no food. And I learned this at a young age. Even the woman never knew anything about the scripture. But this was a principle. And I think we should carry this. We need no matter what. Sometimes you might be only wanting to be a, a, a businessman or an engineer. But it doesn't matter where you start. Do you know many presidents have even worked at tables serving people? Do you know that? They are presidents. They worked in serving tables. It's not shame. That's what my mother says. Don't steal. Don't cheat. It's not a shame to do any job. I'll go to the next point. Eight. She is filled with emotion. If there's a reverse gear, second reverse gear now. Your wife, you think with your brains, your wife feels with her heart. When she cries, she becomes emotional. Be careful. Whenever you see your wife cry, be a little far. Don't be too close. And if you're close, slowly put your hand around her. Okay, remember, uh, emotions change according to a monthly cycle. So you have to ask your wife, anything up? So I can know how to behave now? Some days she is on top of the mountain rejoicing, happy. So you think everything is happy. Next morning you get up and you come from, back from work. She is down in the valley. What happened? I did nothing wrong. Why are you behaving like this? She won't tell you. But her mood will change. And you are wondering what wrong you did. Sometimes she will get angry for nothing. You know nothing? My, my ex-boss, he was a man who can sell nothing. That's my boss. He can sell it but could not carry it. Do you know your wife, she can get angry for nothing? What happened? Nothing. Why are you angry? Nothing. What happened? Nothing. Tell me. Nothing. But still she is angry. So you have to be careful when nothing is taking place at home. That's how she's made, my brothers and sisters. Love that woman. Try to relieve her of the tension of nothing. Just speak one or two kind words. Don't sleep off when your wife is crying. Don't walk away when she's crying. Many men do that. I'm a victim. You cry, I walk away. You shout, I walk away. Because you know why? I don't want to handle this. Don't do it. Stand there. Stand there. The best thing is when your wife is angry, the best thing is just run to her and hug her. And just say that first word which I said, I am sorry. It works miracles. No matter she wants to throttle you, even though she might have a knife behind her back, but when she gets the hug, she will say, Lord, I'll spare him this time. And she will throw the knife back. Brethren, a wife living with a mother-in-law needs extra care and attention. If you know your wife, you're having your mama with you. See, sometimes our wives don't tell us what they're going through. Try to be a little more gentle with her. You know what the Bible says in Ecclesiastes chapter 9 verse 6? Live joyfully with your wife. Solomon saying, just be jolly with your wife. Enjoy your time. 
just say, do you know something? Just say the most silliest joke to her. Let her laugh. She might be angry. You do not know what your mother did to her when you were away. Some mother-in-laws torture that girl. I know some mother-in-laws are angels. I always, when I look at Pastor Leslie's mama, I think that's an angel there. Yes, Pastor, that's true. I'm not saying it because you are here. I see an angel. And we have some angels here, some of the mamas that I call. Whoever I call you as mama, you are an angel in the house of God. Amen? Amen. Because it's not your mama, you don't say amen. If I was saying your mama, then you'll say amen. There are some lovely mothers here. Lovely mothers. And God bless you. Looking at you in the spirit, I know you are a godly woman. Amen? When your wife is in a bad mood, third reverse gear, and you know you are having a bath and she walks in and she's in a bad mood, just dance a little bit for her. <laughs> oh, you, you won't believe me. Just give one shake, even the bad shake, that will bring laughter to her. When you're dressing up and you know your wife is, one shake. <laughs> you want to bring joy to your home. Do the silliest thing. If you can be a fool, be a fool so that you know there will be joy in the house. Especially when she is angry. Especially when she is angry. Do the silliest thing. No, don't make fun of her mother and father when she is angry. <laughs> if she has the rolling spoon that will crack you on your head, you will be in hospital. So be careful how you use wisdom, okay? Don't say, Brother Claudie told, I will do this. We will have to visit you and I see you. And then I'll have to say, see you, bye-bye. <laughs> Songs of Solomon, chapter 5, verses 10 to... Songs of Solomon 5, verses 10, I'll paraphrase this, 10 to 16. Thou shalt hold thy wife love by the same way. My brother's a sensitive point. When you got married, you took care of putting five different perfumes. One for the like one year, one year, one year. Okay, and you went. You had a bath maybe four times a day. You brushed your three teeth six times. Even there's no teeth, false teeth, you brushed it. Now after ten years, you don't even have a bath once a week. You come from straight from work, you expect her to come to bed. You smell like a fish. And then you expect, wife will ask, Ani, when did you have a bath last? There's some nice perfume there. That means you're not at a bath. Please, be fresh. After even so many years. Nine, Physical intimacy does not top the list of your wife. Physical intimacy is on top of your list, but it's not on the top of your wife's list. That woman has gone through a hard day's work. And when you come from work, you expect her to go to bed. Don't do that. You need to create that situation. It takes time for that woman to get ready. And that's the reason sometimes you wonder why this woman's like a wood. She's not even moving. Nothing dead is because you have not prepared her for that moment. Take time. Take time. Okay? I'll have to quickly rush because uh, husbands, uh, I don't ask you this question. How many husbands, don't put your hand up. How many husbands kiss your wife before leaving for work? I see your eyes. I know you do it or not do it. <laughs> Thank you, Pastor. Give Pastor a big hand. Vipin is saying yes. <laughs> My brothers and sisters, I want, to, I want to challenge you. Go to the book of Songs of Solomon. Look at chapter 8. Look at verse 1. See what it says. Every time if you go out of the house, just hold her and just kiss her and say, see you later. When you come back from work, the first thing when you do, don't worry if your children are there. Let your children see there's love demonstrated between you and your wife. Hold her and just give her... No, there are two types of kisses. Hello? There's a gentle kiss. Only give the gentle one. Okay? Give the gentle one and carry on. That's okay. Okay? Because you've got children there, you have to respect them. Praise God. Um, let me go quickly. Number 10. She needs constant assurance. Do you know something? After 15 years of marriage, your wife now goes through a reverse cycle. You know what is that? Your wife starts thinking, am I attractive to him? Does he still love me? Does he like my cooking? Why is he not talking to me? Why is he not speaking gentle words to me? What have I done wrong to him? Why is he behaving like this? Brothers, she will go through that cycle. 
So take time to reassure her and tell her, listen, you're still wonderful the day I met you. Amen? And then, last point, and the most important of all, I keep the last for the best, she wants to know everything. And man doesn't want to tell her anything. It's the truth. Man doesn't want. His answer is yes, no, thank you very much, goodbye. Wife says, tell me everything. What happened after that? What happened after that? Listen. Connect with your wife. Listen to her. Take time. Stop. Listen. And talk to her. Whenever she tells you anything, gently reply to her and tell her. If she tells you, I'm giving you this new idea. Don't tell her, no. Tell her we will take it to the Lord in prayer. We will seek God. We will seek God's counsel. We will pray about it. Don't push it away. Sometimes the wisest decisions come from your wife. Remember, some women are very poor in general knowledge. Do you know that? Your wife might ask you the most silliest question. How did the bats go up to the roof? Darling, how is that airplane flying so high? Where is the steering wheel for the car? Which side is the brakes? Don't tell her, I can't believe you are so dumb. What was God doing when he created you? But with love, just tell her, wow, I never knew this question will come from you. That's a good question. And in gentleness and with love, darling, this is the brake. This is steering wheel. She will respect you. She will love you. She will honor you. Can we stand up? My brothers, before we could bring this to a close, I want you to do one thing. For those who are going to get married, those who are married, those of you, your wives are far away, I want you to take your wife's hand, hold her for a minute, please. You don't have to repeat it, but just hold her hand. I want to ask you in the presence of God, love that woman. Protect that woman. Cherish that woman. Care for that woman. Walk with her. Smile with her. Smile and laugh even for the silliest jokes. And if you are able to even cry, cry with her. It's nothing wrong. It's no shame. That woman knows you. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus, Daddy. I want you to pray, my brothers and sisters. Pray for your wife. Pray for your husband right now. Thank God for the best gift that he has given you. Ask God to take your husband and use him a man after God's own heart. Ask God to make him love you and let your love grow. Pray that you will walk before him faithfully all the days of your life. Pray that nothing will come between you and him. Pray that you will bring up your children in a godly way. Pray that you will honor that man and brothers, you will love that woman. Take time to thank her. Father, we give you glory, honor and praise. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. I know a lot of you enjoyed what was just said from the pulpit. But you need to peel away those layers of fun that you have had and identify the truth. And the truth is men, you need to take care. We need to take care of our wives. That's biblical. Everything that has been said might have been said in a humorous way. But we need to look beyond the humor. There is biblical truth. Marriage is an institution which God created. Wives are those who God brings into your life, men. Proverbs chapter 18 verse 22 says this, He who finds a wife finds a good thing. It doesn't stop there. It says, 
and obtains favor from the Lord. He who finds a wife finds a good thing um, and obtains favor from the Lord. See, isn't that great? You find a wife. You know how to nurture your wife. You know how to build your home. And you find favor with God. That's what the Bible tells us. So why do we struggle? Why do we ever need to struggle? If you turn with me to Malak, and I'll stop with this. Chapter 2. I'll read from verse 13. This is a conversation which goes back and forth, but we're just reaching to one particular point, and it says in verse 13, And this is the second thing you do. You cover the altar of the Lord with tears, with weeping and crying. So he does not regard the offering anymore, nor receive it with goodwill from your hands. Yet you say, for what reason? And the answer is this. Because the Lord has been witness between you and the wife of your youth, with whom you have dealt treacherously. Yet she is your companion and your wife by covenant. Do you want to find favor with the Lord? Men, do you want your prayers to be answered by God? Turn to the word of God. Find out. How should you behave with your wife. It's an assignment for all of us. Being a husband doesn't stop when you, end, when you exit the church. You are a husband. And the guidelines for living a godly husband life is all in here. Turn to God. This is an opener. Today is an opener for many of us. Maybe we have taken our wives for granted. Maybe we have been casual about our attitude. The words that we have said. Maybe it is time that you not only seek God's forgiveness, but you truly say that you are sorry to your wife. I leave this to you. Wives, pray for your husbands. They are the head of the house. They are the priests in your home. Pray that they will be the kind of men that God meant them to be. Don't compare them with others. Just turn to God. Say, God, thank you for this man who you have given me, who I can lean on. But I want him to be the man you have meant him to be. Father, we thank you, Lord, for today you have elaborated to us, Lord, that there are roles that we have to play. There are attitudes that we have to develop. There is a behavior that we have to follow. There is a thankfulness that we need to have towards our wives. Father, we do not want to take our families for granted. We do not want to take our wives for granted. We do not want to be casual. But just like you have spoken to us about that first love, Father God, we want that first spark in our life again, Lord. That what you have started in our life will continue with vim and vigor, Lord Father. We thank you, Lord Father, for what you have ministered unto us this day, Lord. And I pray, Lord, that we will take it to heart and put it into action. Thank you for your servant whom you have used this day, Lord, through whom you brought us these words, Lord. I pray, Lord, that you will anoint him the more. 
You will bless him and his family, Lord Father. You will bless him and his wife, Lord Father. And you will bless the rest of the family also, Lord. That he will continue to bring us words of wisdom. Especially as he teaches us on this theme of the home. Father, we thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in our midst. We thank you for every one of us gathered here, Lord. And we pray, Lord, that we will walk in your ways. We will listen to your words. And we will do what is right in your sight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's share the grace. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, be with us all, now and forevermore. Amen. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our lives, and we shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen.